Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sister. How are you? Alhamdulillah wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. I'm good, thank you. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah khair for doing this interview for our sister. Um, could you just introduce yourself? Tell us who you are and what you do, inshallah. Okay, well, my name is Khadija. Um, I am a homemaker with three beautiful children. Um, all girls, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Um, I also um, help women to understand their feminicity. And yeah, that's just me in a, in a quick nutshell, in a very quick one. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Mashallah, we'll, inshallah, we're going to come back to those points because I'd like to understand what it is this femininity um, and how you how you get to actually do that it sounds very interesting mashallah so um, ready. um first of all alhamdulillah obviously your sister mashallah is that you're wearing the niqab um so i would i want to know um tell us for the sake of the viewers or the listeners um what made you want to wear the niqab well it wasn't long after i took my shahada so uh, this year will be four years that I've been Muslim, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And um, after I took my shahada, I went on a hijab journey. So it went from um, like tight jeans and just a scarf loosely placed on my head and mm. things started to get more and more loose and more and more um, closer to the sunnah. And then I remember one day I was going to buy a bed and outside the bed shop, there was a woman and she was pushing a pushchair and she was all black, um, niqab, um, no gloves um, but she, and I just couldn't stop staring at her I was just looking at her and I was just like oh my days she is beautiful yeah, and I, I was that. I was just like I need to try this I, I, I didn't know what it was about or anything um, I learned what it was because I took my shahada on YouTube and really? like that's, yeah alhamdulillah so that's a story in itself but I was still like getting used to like I don't even think I even knew how to pray properly yet or stuff like that. I was still learning, and um, I went to one of the Somali shops and I got a, I got a niqab and I went home and I put it on and I cried because I was just like, oh this is God. so beautiful. And then from then on, I just started wearing it on and off, on and off until I built the confidence up to just wear it and. Um, I just love it so I didn't really do much research about it before I started to wear it I just liked the way it looked I thought it looked amazing and when I put it on I felt like a supermodel I felt so elegant I felt so feminine I felt so free and that was me I just loved the niqab that is how I started wearing the niqab subhanallah that's a, that's that's really amazing subhanallah so like uh Wow, <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some rewinds here because I'm gonna come back and ask you some other questions. Okay, but um, yeah, no problem, no problem. When you're ready. Okay, so obviously you mentioned that you're a revert. So when you yes. did, obviously apart from taking the shahada, um, mm-hmm. the niqab as well. Like, did you have any in, in kind of conflicts in your family or any issues with becoming a Muslim in your family? And then yeah, after that, were there any issues obviously with wearing the niqab as well? Um, I hid it from the niqab side. I hid that from my family for a while um, until like I got more confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was already, I've been living on my own since I was 19 and I took my shahada at 25. So okay. when, I, when I took my shahada, 
I was already like distanced from my family. So they didn't really, they, they didn't know until I showed them basically. So, um, but when I did show them, my mom, she's a minister and my parents have been in church all their life, Pentecostal yeah. churches and my entire family, both mother's side and father's side mm. are, mashallah, deeply rooted in Christianity, um, big, big practicing Christians, Pentecostal lifestyle. Yeah. Those of you who don't understand what the Pentecostal yeah, lifestyle is, it's like happy clappy, um, speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues. Yes, speaking in tongues. Yeah, if you don't know what speaking in tongues is, speaking in tongues is like a foreign language which no one knows what it means, but they speak and very holy ghost and very, you know, deep rooted. So when I decided to become a Muslim, it was a big shock, especially to my mother. We did fall out for a little bit. Um, but Alhamdulillah, um, I fell out with them for about two months ish. Mm. Um and I just worked on myself in that time. And then when I learned um, how to treat your mother, especially and your parents in Islam, um, when I started to get that part of knowledge into like my deen, I started to, to implement it. And through that is now why me and my family are all good. Like they'll come out with me. They know where niqab. And that is it. They don't question it. My mom sometimes makes a comment on the all black. Um, but other than that, other than that, she doesn't really, she doesn't really care. Like, Alhamdulillah. Yeah, I find that I've got the same issue with um my family as well. With my mom specifically, like I don't know, I think it's I don't know if it's a West Indian thing or whatever. It's just like if you were. Yeah, on, I, think like, is, I think it is. I think they don't understand Islam. Yeah. They don't know where it comes from. To them, like, God bless them, but it, to them, it's like the Pakistani religion. Do you yeah. understand? And Jamaicans don't. I'm a Jamaican, so Jamaicans don't do that. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So for them, it was like, what are you doing? Um, and then, you know, slowly but surely, you just have to make du'a and, like, just treat them good and they'll soften up to you eventually. Alhamdulillah. So in the Muslim community, how do you feel, um, you know, obviously you've still not been Muslim for that long. Um, no, how do, how no. do you feel your integration has been as um, a, a Jamaican revert and as a sister that's wearing the niqab? Um, as a sister that wears a niqab, um, you generally attract other sisters that wear niqabs or have the, so, um, that, that element was fine. Um, being integrated as a Jamaican, that is a very, very deep question. Um, it was well, and it wasn't so well. Mm. Um, I, I came across some racism, especially when I was looking for a husband, um, I came across some comments which um, made me put my back up a little bit. I didn't find sisters to be that friendly, if I'm yeah. 100% honest with you. Um, one thing I say is I'm happy I took my shahada away from people mm. and I learned Islam by the book. And then when I came into like the Muslim community, um, I was able to think. I was I was confused because I was like, why are you guys like this? This is not right. Yeah. <laughs> if you understand what I'm saying. Definitely. Um, but then, you know what? I just see that that was my test at the time to see if I'm really about this life. And um, Alhamdulillah, yeah, I managed to find a community that like is a bit like me and my kinfolk. And yeah, it, it was tough though. It was very disheartening. It was ex- it was extremely disheartening. I'm not gonna lie. Um, 
I, di- I didn't understand how the women were so mean um, at first and racist and arrogant and I, and, and I didn't understand like I'm, I'm a revert mm. and I, I don't get why you have this attitude towards me but I, le- I, I later learned it was some culture I later learned that people are people no matter where you find them mm-hmm. so um, it was tough but now Alhamdulillah everything's good everything's good but at first not so much Alhamdulillah I think um, it, I mean it's mashallah interesting what you said because I think I've had a similar experience and um, mm-hmm. basically even now like sometimes being a revert it's just hard to fit in regardless um, mm-hmm. because you're always going to find that there's going to be some kind of clashes here and there and but the more you yeah. understand people and you know it helps yeah. you be more open-minded to understand that it's not necessarily about you specifically as a person they already have no no exactly um, you know kind of issues anyways and there's a lot of other things in people's cultures which makes it difficult to kind of accept people from other cultures at the same time yeah yeah and they don't understand things that would be acceptable in their culture might not be acceptable where i'm from and things that i do which is perfectly acceptable isn't acceptable it's not right and it's wrong it's just preferences it took a lot of humbling um maybe there was um arrogance within myself thinking that I am the bee's knees it's all about me do you understand it took me to bring my bring myself in a more humble position Mm. uh, and understand like everyone's different because all my life I've been around Jamaicans we were Jamaicans Jamaican friends Jamaican everything and then all of a sudden I'm in a Islam is not really something that you find well it is it's growing in Jamaica but you know I mean you don't really associate Jamaicans and Islam together yeah and then so I was now starting to mix with people who were completely different from me language different food different ways of doing things um and it took it a lot a lot of it I say was me trying to deal with my own arrogance me trying to humble myself me being more patient and that's what it really taught me like to to just take a step back and observe a situation and you know what embrace and understand and don't try and force yourself on any and anybody all the time and just be the type of person who is just willing to learn and willing to understand and willing to adapt and I think that was the greatest lesson that shock came to me as painful as it was I learned a lot from it alhamdulillah alhamdulillah that's the main thing I think that's that's one of the beautiful things about pain um I think as human beings sometimes we fail to reflect how important it is to go through difficulties because that's mm-hmm. how you get that's how you grow as a person if you don't have those difficulties yeah. and experience those pains then you wouldn't grow you're not growing basically yeah. so yeah it's, it's not good to be comfortable all the time I suppose um so yeah mm-hmm. coming back to um you mentioned that you know after becoming a Muslim you was you know you saw a sister who had been who was wearing the niqab okay so was that the first time you'd seen somebody in niqab um you know or is it or you just the first time time. noticed yeah but it was the first time i noticed and it was the first Mm -hmm. time i bowled do you know what i mean before it just been like nothing i've just been walking minding my own business yeah but this was the first time i was around yeah subhanallah so do you feel that um the niqab is a barrier um yes and no 
and sometimes you need a barrier for some things and sometimes you don't um can you can you expand on that do so I feel, make sense for, yeah for i was just about to like because it's like if i have to put it in different categories so i don't work at the moment but i can imagine that the niqab would be a barrier um for professionals in especially in england mm. um i think that would be very difficult um I think it's a good barrier because um, the niqab keeps you um, at a certain disposition, especially in certain areas. So you just like, just like when you wear your hijab, there's certain things you just, you don't want to do. It might not be necessary too bad. You just don't want to walk down that road because this is not somewhere where you should see a Muslim woman or do you understand where I'm coming from? Yeah, I don't know if I'm making and also it's a barrier for other people like me, I'm very bubbly, I'm very smiley, I'm very friendly. And that can be really poorly misconstrued sometimes, especially by uh, men. Mm -hmm. You know, I'll, be, I'll walk on the bus and I'll give the bus driver a smile and say, oh, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Mm. And I find that when I wear my niqab, that protects me from my own personality yeah. and when I'm, I'll, when it's appropriate for me to just be laughy with my mahram, with my husband, to be laughy and joking and smiley and open, I'm not wearing my niqab at that point, obviously, so it's it's okay. But when I'm just shopping in Tesco or asking someone for directions to find the flower in in a shop, I find that it's a protector. So even though I'm still me, I'm still bubbly, I'm still Khadija, um, it also acts as a little bit of a, it's just a little barrier to caution whoever I'm speaking to and for me to caution myself. Yeah, of course. Um, just, just so we just, it just doesn't get to a place where we need to have a conversation. Do you understand? It just yeah. doesn't go. Through. Yeah, I think um, that's important because um, it's just like a, you know, you need boundaries in society. And I think you do. Yeah, you do. So and it's good. The, the, everybody's all about breaking the boundaries, but actually boundaries is Some what boundaries don't need to be broken, people. you know. Yeah. Some of them need to stay right where they are exactly. and be happy where they are. And, and have personal space as well. You know, people like, yeah, yeah. you know, don't see, some people don't understand, like, you know, you're infringing on somebody's actual personal space. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. No, I find crazy. that, yeah. So I can't, I, I don't work. I've never had a job when I'm wearing the niqab. So mm -hmm. I don't, I, my youngest is quite, still quite young. So I'm not. I can't really speak from that perspective. From what I hear from my friends who do work and wear the niqab, most of them are in positions that don't involve customer service or face-to-face -face contact. Okay. Um, most of them work in an office or in a laboratory or, do you know what I mean? So yeah, the, the niqab isn't an issue for them, but I couldn't imagine someone in customer service or in a face-to-face -face role who wears a niqab. I, I wouldn't know how that would work out, if oh, I'm sorry. totally honest with you. That's, that's, that's an interesting point. So shout out to any sisters who are in customer service wearing the niqab. Yeah. We'd like to hear from you. Yeah. Yes, please. Yes, yes. Yeah, so um, I want to come back to what you mentioned at the beginning when you was introducing yourself. You mentioned that um, you help sisters discover their femininity. femininity. Um, so yeah, your can you explain how does, how does that work? Um, I found over the past few years from before Islam and in Islam that this feminine movement has destroyed women and we no longer want to be women and we don't even know that we don't want to be women and the only way to be a woman is to imitate a man mm. and I've noticed like 
what I, what I noticed was people was just women were just failing by the wayside and I wanted to started to speak out to try and help women understand why they are what they are and develop it and also harness it and use that to enhance their lives rather than fighting your fitra to be honest with you so one of the things I always tell a woman is this is something my grandmother told me and she always used to tell me go in water it come out flesh and bone and (laughs) yeah that's what she said and she was talking about obviously getting pregnant and having a child but she would always say it in the most random situations mm. like say if um, someone said a bad word to you and then you get really upset she would say go in water come out flesh and bone and basically what she was trying to teach you as a woman is that you will always grow what you are given right and no matter what it is so if someone just imagine if someone who you like or your husband or your mother and gave you a compliment and said oh you look beautiful today that whole that one sentence you have now blown it up and you are now feeling great you're 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 pumped and you've made it huge but then when somebody tells you um you're ugly or you smell Mm. you're gonna take that same piece and you're gonna grow and all of a sudden it's just that person's opinion and it's probably Mm. not even true but you are, it has taken over your whole being and your whole body. And this is something that I've seen that women are trying to fight. And what I'm trying to tell women is this is who you are. This is what you're meant to do. Mm. This is how you were created. You multiply, you, you endorse, you make things bigger. So you need to be really careful about what you entertain and what you bring in and what you watch and who you listen to and who you take from because you will grow it no matter which way it is so once you understand that about your feminine energy you're much more careful about where you place yourself and what you do with yourself because you will grow it every single time and I've noticed when I start to explain this theory to other women they sit back and they think oh my gosh yes you're absolutely right I did someone told me this and I proportioned my child smiled at me that morning and later on in the afternoon I was elated and when people start to understand that this is our natural state this is how we are you are much more able to enhance your life and use that knowledge you got to just bring about better things in your life and and stop being trying to be so you know, I'm going to be a superwoman and I'm going to go out and I'm going to earn money and I'm going to, and then all of a sudden you're just trying to be a man. You're not a man, you're a woman. Mm. So when women come to me and they ask me questions, I just teach them through what what femininity is and how that can help you and how you can develop that to be the best version of you. And yeah, that's, that's basically in a nutshell what I do. Subhanallah, you know that that's really amazing, and I love that saying. Going go, it goes in water. It goes in water. And it, it comes, comes out, out flesh, flesh and bone. Flesh and bone. Subhanallah, that's that's a really that's really amazing. Actually, what you've just said is pretty mind blowing. I never thought about it like that, but it makes yeah. so much sense. And to be honest, that's a book, sister. I'm, I'm expecting you to write a book now. You know that, right? Yeah, oh, inshallah. <laughs> So, like, seriously, that would be and that that be a, a great name for the book as well, you know. Oh, mashallah. Yeah, so there's there's my idea for Hold you. Old tight granny, old tight grandma. Yeah, so, yeah, but it was them. 
amazing that is amazing no it's really um insightful mashallah so you say you're obviously you said you're a homemaker right now so yeah how give us something practical from what you've just said okay let, like let's have a practical tip for sisters who are homemakers like yourself and maybe mm -hmm. you know they have aspirations to do other things and feel maybe that they're not being encouraged to do things outside of the home or they just can't do things outside of the home at the moment how would you you know from this you know growing go in water come out flesh and bone how would you from this kind of um you know this um, perspective how would you what would you encourage them so the sister wants to do more outside the home but she's got forces that are stopping her for some reason yeah basically children you know it's maybe just not accessible to her at the moment because of her, any different types of personal circumstances what would you encourage her sister because I, I do meet a lot I of sisters who are you know they, they they say that they're bored at home and things like that what would you encourage those sisters to do? yeah that is a really tough one but my encouragement is one step at a time and if you've got your kids to look after you've got your home to look after this is the time where you just find one segment about yourself which you want to improve and perfect that one segment so if the sister wants to be able to go out and work find something online that can develop a skill yeah and then yeah. develop that skill and then once you've got that skill mastered i mean you can if you go on like gumtree not gumtree voucher or something like that and there's other websites Groupon. you can find online courses yeah yeah a group on you can find online courses to teach you excel or you can go on online courses or even youtube to teach you how to knit to teach you how to sew to teach mm. you how to cook to teach you how to do something and have this as a stepping goal for one day when your children grow up and they will leave you and they will go have their own lives so that when that day comes you are prepared you are 110 percent ready and develop yourself slowly and surely because your kids are a lot of your energy and it's passionate energy mm. that you're not going to really able to shake and your house is a lot of your energy and your relationships are a lot of your energy so instead of thinking that I'm bored, I'm bored, I'm bored, start thinking like, what can I do? What small thing can I do today that's going to help me for the day my children leave or the day? Because they're not going to be in your home forever. You're not just going to yeah. keep reproducing, reproducing, reproducing and always have a baby. You might be in the situation where you've got, like for me, for instance, where you've got a five-year-old, a two-year-old and a six-month-old. But um, a day is coming where this five-year-old and my six-month-old and my two-year-old they're going to be 18 and they're going to be yeah. 19 and they're going to be 20 and they're gone really fast so trust me really fast so now is the time to be making small increments just tiny tiny ones to get up there and outside the home doesn't necessarily physically mean outside the home if you understand what i mean yeah things can be done inside your home with a little bit of research behind it because mm. and I would, the way i will also explain it is when we have our kids especially if your mothers or you're going to get married or you're going to do something that's brand new for the first time what do we do we pick up our phones we'll type into google we'll read all about it and we get so prepared so take that same energy you had and just place it into something else and slowly slowly 
make a little bit of an improvement little bit by little bit so if you're bored at home try learn a skill try do some knitting or not even knitting because child girl i ain't gonna knit let's be honest about this. <laughs> but i'm not but i um i started watching cooking videos mm. and just making new meals and then i realized i started to gain weight and then i started to exercise and stuff like that but it took me a long time and it was okay that it took me a long time because some days i can't do anything except look after my kids yeah, some days I'll do something else and look after me. So small, small steps, if that makes sense. Yeah, alhamdulillah, totally. Yeah, definitely. Mashallah, I think it's very, very, very beneficial points that you've just mentioned. Um, so uh, you mentioned, obviously, you're from a Jamaican background. Um, have you been to Jamaica since um, reverting to Islam? I went um, once, no, I've only been to Jamaica once when I was 16 on a family mm-hmm. holiday, alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. Um, I would love to go, um, but not at the moment, but I would love to. Inshallah, inshallah, inshallah you'll get to go. So what about, have you done any travelling wearing the, the niqab or any travelling since you've been? Muslim? I haven't been out of England yet. No, I haven't been out of England yet okay. with the niqab, so I'm yet to experience um, airport customs and all these things. Um wearing the niqab um yeah I'm, I'm yet to experience this so what about just general traveling day-to-day and things like that have you ever fa- um, faced any abuse um wearing the niqab i and get a lot of stares i get um I, I had a comment someone called me the grim weeper one day um when i was filling up my car at the petrol station um i'm the type of person who's a bit feisty Mm. <laughs> so I will say something and one thing that really shocks people is that I'm British yeah. I was born here yeah. um, I've got a really British accent so they look at me assume I can't speak English and then when they hear me speak that alone scares them um, I, I find a little joke in that and then we move on um, I say something I, I say something I, I don't stay quiet I, wait, I um, ask them if they're okay I said, do you need help with anything? Mm. Um, I've had someone throw um, some liquid at me. Liquid? Uh, from a car once. Yes, yeah, some oh, form of liquid. I don't know if it was water. I was pushing um, my, my, she was my two-year-old now, but she was um, under one at the time. I was pushing her in a, in a pram and someone threw some out of a car at me. Um, they threw something out of a car? I literally, like... Yeah, the car was driving past and they threw some liquid at me. And um, I just, I was just like in shock. Like I, I couldn't believe it happened. I was with my husband at the time and I was like, what, what, what? Um, but I, I say something and I, I normally find like that breaks the barrier. Um, but when, when they say something and it hurts, I also have the mindset as in, I'm going to get to you, you're Mokiyama, okay? This isn't over okay you might think you've got away with it but it's not over okay so sometimes i tell myself that i can understand but that's just my little cray cray side coming out yeah so do you think um as a as a muslim obviously and naqabi sister apart from obviously like you know getting the odd stare from maybe non-muslims and um even muslims at times do you think that wearing the niqab you get treated differently from sisters who don't wear the niqab of course yes of course they think we're super 
pious, righteous women who never ever do anything wrong. It's really mm. superficial. It's like they think we're they think some Hafiz Quran studied in Saudi for so many years yeah, on the Sheikh Falan Falan. No, we are just like you. We are just like all of you. We have the same struggles. We have the same doubts sometimes. We cry the same tears. We're nothing special. Mm-hmm. Wallahi, we're nothing special. And I find like people are so superficial. The minute they see someone in niqab and the, you might see someone in niqab doing something a bit questionable, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe she was like this. And, and she wore niqab too. I'm like, what's that got to do with the price of salt? Yeah, exactly. Around the niqab, alhamdulillah, this is something that Allah has made easy for us. Do you understand? But there's things mm. that aren't easy for us, you know? You don't know what goes on. When I go in my house and I shut my door and I come upstairs, you don't know what I'm thinking. You don't know what I'm doing. You don't know mm. who I'm talking to. You don't, you don't know nothing. Yet you see me in the niqab and you automatically think like, I'm this amazing, mashallah, Muslim. And some niqabis wear it for the accolades. Let's just be real about this. Yes, yeah, Some people wear it for the accolades that it gets you. Mm. But we really, as a woman, need to stop looking at things like this because we all have our different struggles. Like, before I took my shahada, the things that I used to do, like the partying and all the other stuff like that before I became a Muslim, there's a reason why I wear this niqab on my face because mm. I... I understand the power of a smile on your face and how yeah, there's a course. reason. Do you understand? Yeah. And you might you might put the niqab on for a completely different reason than I cut the niqab on now. Mm-hmm. Don't get twisted. We all wear it for Allah. But the path that we took to get to there could be completely different paths. So I don't need to look at me like I'm some overly righteous, never, never doubting, never having low iman, always doing like my sunnah fast and all the no sweetie no i am just as human as you i struggle just like you and people look to me like i'm some alim or i can give them advice and i'm like sis wallahi this is just how i choose to practice my deen today who knows what i'm going to do tomorrow who knows what i'm going to do the day after i'm just trying my best out here and for me right now you need to try I could be sat here with my God. I don't even know if I hit my velocity. That's just where it is. You can't you can't put us a pedestal. Sorry, sister. Yeah. Sorry, sister, could you could you just repeat that last sentence please? Because of the connection just broke a little bit. Oh, sorry. What was the last thing that you heard? You were saying that um you don't know, um, you know, people don't know what you're doing when you go in your house. and. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm like, you're looking at me wearing niqab. And mashallah, niqab is a good thing. Niqab is the best thing you can wear, I agree. But same time, you don't know if I prayed today. You so don't look at me wearing my niqab and start comparing your journey to my journey. It's completely different. We are the same. We're both striving to worship Allah, and people people put the comments on this pedestal, and you hear it when sometimes we listen to like some um, Dawa people, and they're like, "Mashallah, it's the sister," and 
Look, some people, this niqab, this niqab is not going to change the fact that I pray today or not. Do you know what I mean? There's far much more that we can concentrate on. And I don't think it's right that we get. SubhanAllah. We just had a little bit of um, internet um, connection interruption. I'm just going to repeat a couple of the things that you've just said just for um, listeners so that they can, um, you know, understand everything that you were saying. So basically um, what um, Sister Khadija has mentioned just now is that, um, you know, people often put um, niqabis on a pedestal. They think that we're very pious just because we're wearing a niqab, but, you know, maybe sometimes a sister who wears a niqab, she might not even be doing her prayers on time or something like that. We all have different challenges, you know, and, you know, often people look at us and, you know, they make a you know, big deal to the fact that, you know, we're wearing the niqab and that we're pious or something like that, but this isn't the case. Every woman, every Muslim has their own challenges, their own issues. Alhamdulillah, if you wear a niqab, then it's something that Allah has made easy for you, but there's definitely other struggles that you will be going through. SubhanAllah. So, and, and I definitely agree with you to that fact, because I find that, you know, as a niqabi myself, sometimes I'll go places and people, you know, just because I'm wearing the niqab, I feel like, you know, alhamdulillah, I do obviously try to implement Islam to the best of my ability. So I'm not saying that, oh, yeah, I go around like a bad person. But, you know, sometimes people meet me and it's like, I feel like, you know, they'll be like, oh, yeah, make du'a for me, sister, make du'a for me. And it's just, you know, they, they seem to think that because I'm wearing the niqab, that automatically makes me good. And I think this um, stems from, you know, a lot of cultural um, beliefs. Um, where, for example, in certain cultures, I've, I've, I've seen that some sisters, for example, especially young sisters, they don't wear the hijab, okay? So they won't wear the hijab for, you know, maybe till they, until they get married or they're not practicing Islam properly. So they think because they, you know, wanted to go and do certain things which aren't Islamically correct or, you know, maybe they're free mixing, they refuse to wear hijab. Um, and they say, well, you know, they intend to wear the hijab later in life when they become more practicing and subhanAllah, like, so I think it's related to this kind of thing. So obviously wearing the niqab is like the next level, like after wearing the hijab, like, you know, covering your face as well, that's like the more complete hijab. They see it as like, oh, because she, you've got the hijab on, that must mean that you're doing like everything, everything properly. But it's not like a checklist of things you need to do um, before you just yeah. put the hijab, the hijab on or, or the niqab on even. Um, but that's how people perceive it when really it's not the case. Yeah. Well, so, yeah, just like you mentioned that, you know, there's so many steps that people have been through and people wear the niqab for different reasons. Not everybody's wearing it for the same reason, even though, yes, we are wearing it for the sake of Allah. But, you know, you, yeah, you but the journey, the exactly. journey to that place is completely different. We all wear it because it Allah. But how I came to that realization will be completely different between how you came to that realization mm -hmm. and that's just what it is yeah subhanallah so uh, coming back to um treatment of uh niqabis and hijabis um so that's i suppose that would like you know that you mentioned the differences between like how other muslims treat niqabis but do you think or have you noticed any differences from non-muslims um the way they perceive or the way they um, treat a sister who wears hijab to a sister who, who wears the niqab? Yeah, um, I feel that if you wear a niqab, people are afraid of you. 
or they automatically hate you for some reason. But when a sister just wears hijab, when I just say hijab, I mean literally a scarf. Yeah. Um, Because sometimes if someone wears a kilma or um, a jilbab, even that for some people is a bit extreme. So when people just wear like the scarf um, and have like a Western outfit on, you're far more accepted but the um, more islamic you look the more society on a whole doesn't really want to know you there's mm. this there's, there's okay if you just go back to what you were saying that um people they they the more islamic you look the more scared they are of you you was mentioning that alaikum sorry sorry the connection just went and came back i'm not sure why okay alhamdulillah that's fine yeah so you're saying basically um that uh when people see you looking more islamic basically that they feel more scared yeah the more you're the more scared they become and i'm i don't blame them for their fear because of what the media portrays and how people how muslims are portrayed so we they, they paint us as terrorists and then they see us and then they get scared so um well, do, what do you think um as being an Iqabi sister how how do you think we can do how what do you think we can do to basically kind of like combat that we can start behaving ourselves first of all mm. and i mean that we need to be more friendly and 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 open when people ask you when people ask you questions if they ask you questions or just be more vocal do more interviews like this um start showing people that we have a life we're not just people who are behind closed doors all the time and no one knows anything about us and even with your own family just go to see them more and start to come by it slowly 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 it's not going to change in a day and go against what the media is saying of muslims do you understand mm, definitely subhanallah so do you um do you know any have you met anybody since you've been muslim um have you met anybody who is forced to wear the niqab or have you met anybody who really wants to wear the niqab but they've been stopped from wearing it I've never met anyone who has been forced to wear the niqab, ever. I have met sisters who really want to wear the niqab, and for one reason or another, they can't. Um, I have literally told them, buy a niqab, put it on. That's the first step. Mm. And just look in the mirror. Ask Allah to make it easy for you, and wear it just to your local shop, and come back home. And then wear it a bit further and come back home slowly, 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 baby steps, baby steps, and you will get there. And ask Allah to make it easy for you and understand the reasons why you wear it. Think about how it will affect you if you don't wear the niqab and the things that would that you have in the niqab if you do wear the niqab. And remember, it is Allah who has put that passion inside your heart. No one has done that except Allah has given you that fire to wear the niqab. There's nothing you could have done to earn it. It's just something that Allah has given to you. Yes, and be grateful to Allah that 
you know what, he has put that desire for me to wear the niqab and I'm going to try and facilitate that desire. It's a good, it's a good desire to have. Yeah, it's a fantastic desire to have. And it's from Allah. And just thank Allah. Even if you can't wear it today, just say, yeah, Allah, thank you for giving me the desire to want to wear the niqab. Please make it easy for me. And as, as I said, baby steps, slowly, slowly, slowly. SubhanAllah. So I, I have to come back to the first part of the interview because you said you took your, sh your shahada on YouTube. And I'm really curious. Yeah. I can't end this interview without asking you about that. So how okay. did you manage to take your shahada on YouTube? Well, basically, I was having an argument one day with a Muslim brother. Okay. I was a Muslim, he was Muslim, obviously, Muslim brother. And we was arguing about Isa. And I was calling him Jesus at the time. And it was a typical Christian Muslim argument. I was saying he's the son of God. He was explaining, no, he's not the son of God. And um, I have been to Bible school and I've studied theology mm -hmm. uh, once upon a time. And um, I was giving all my good theology arguments, pow, pow, pow. And he was just coming back with knowledge like pow, pow, pow. And I lost the debate. I never said that on the phone, but I knew I lost the debate. You know, I was just like, okay. And then I got angry, conversation ended. And then that night I was scared to go to sleep because I knew if I went to sleep and I wasn't Muslim, that I would die and I'm going to hell. And I woke up the next day and I said, I'm going to become Muslim. It was Eid as well. I didn't know it was Eid that day. Oh, I it was just Eid. And then I searched around for a Muslim, couldn't find a Muslim, drew around the neighborhoods. And then I came home, went on YouTube, typed in how to become a Muslim. And I saw, okay, Ashadu, Laha, And I was like, there you go. SubhanAllah, Allah Akbar. Allahu Akbar, what an amazing story. Wow. Wow. SubhanAllah. SubhanAllah. That's amazing. Yeah. Who Allah guides, no one can misguide. Who Allah misguides, no one can guide. SubhanAllah. Nobody can guide. Wow. It's the truth. It's the truth. And every from that moment, small, small. My life is just yeah. baby steps. This is the thing, baby steps and understanding self and understanding why you were created and getting into, getting into yourself, getting into your mode, understanding what makes you tick, understanding what makes you get angry, working on the bits to yourself, which you know is a bit toxic and slowly, slowly developing yourself to become what you want. Don't rush yourself like, um, I saw a post today and it was saying something like when you see your baby or when you see a baby take its first steps you congratulate the steps and you don't even pay any attention to the fall you don't mm. even pay any attention to the fall you just saw the fact that the baby took three steps today and you was like oh my goodness I can't believe the baby took three steps well done this is how we need to treat ourselves this is how we need to treat ourselves you need to look in the mirror and tell yourself every single day, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. And then when you're not okay, look in the mirror and say, I'm not okay right now. 
but I can be if I want to be. People underestimate the power of our minds and the power of decision. And you know how strong decision making is. You know when someone wakes up and they decide that I'm going to be a man and you're a woman or you decide that you're going to do something, you'll do it. Your mind will get in line and your day focus will all get in line. And the minute you can understand the power of decision and then you start making decisions to do better, it will come. It will oh. come. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, it's just like this morning when I got up, I thought to myself, yeah, I'm going to do a workout. And then and you I, started, in? I, started, I went around the house, got distracted with my plants. And then it came time, like, yeah, I needed to pray. And then it's like, oh, yeah, then I, then I'll see the sister's going to be, like, ready to have an injury. And I was like, oh, I'm mm-hmm. not going to have enough time. But then what happened? Oh, like, I just put my clothes on so I could be ready to do a workout, like, at any time. And then that's when you messaged me and you said, oh, I need another 15 minutes. I thought, yeah, I can do it now. I can do I can do the workout and now. And you got it in because you made the decision. Yeah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, and it's cliche stuff that you hear all the time, but we're hearing it all the time because it's true. Mm. You know? And it works. Mashallah, really wise words. And mashallah, you need to write a book. (laughs) You really need to write a book. Yeah, I'm waiting for your book, sister. Seriously, I'm waiting for your book. Okay. As you said, baby steps. You can write like, you know, a couple of pages a day, isn't it? Couple of, a couple of pages a day, a couple of pages. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, you know, I really thank you for like even finding me and like talking to me because sometimes, you know, these type of conversations encourage myself. I'll, I'll leave here and I'll feel pumped. I'll feel ready to face the day, you know. Mm-hmm. And if there's anyone out there who's listening who wants to wear the niqab or is even thinking about taking the niqab off or any reason like that, just stop for a minute. And just assess the situation slowly and carefully. And ask yourself three questions. How will this benefit me? How will this um, negatively affect me? And is it worth it? And once you can ask yourself those three questions. And don't get it twisted. These three questions don't get answered in an hour. These three questions can take days and sisters trust me if you can fast a ramadan if you can stop yourself from eating for a full ramadan you can take three days to make a decision Mm. you can tell your body that i'm not going to eat one of the most natural and needed urges that you'll ever have you're not going to want to do anything more than to nutrition yourself okay you can take three days to make a decision and you can ask yourself those three questions. What's the benefit? What's the harm? Is it worth it? Once you've answered those three questions, your path is clear and take your time. You're not in a race with anybody. You're not in a race with anybody. There you go. SubhanAllah. So, so just the closest interview, sister, the last question I'd like to ask you is, what mm-hmm. does the niqab mean to you? The niqab means to me absolute sisterly feminist. If that even makes sense, I don't know. <laughs> if that even makes sense. <laughs> sisterly feminist. Yes. Uh, I'm, that's that's going to be a chapter in my book. But um, Sis, no, sisterly, sisterly, feminist. absolute sisterly, 
femininity. Femininity. <laughs> yeah, femininity. Oh, I love it. I love it so much. Right, we're gonna have to write that one down. No, basically, the niqab means to me protection. Protection. protection and it protects me with sisters and it protects my feminine energy if and it means it means I can be free it means I can't be judged for what you want to judge me on do you understand yeah, yeah. the only thing you can judge is this cloth I'm wearing and I've decided to put it on and I've decided to wear it so if you're going to judge me at least I am telling you what you're going to judge me on you're not going to yeah. tell me that my nose is big you're not going to tell me that my lips are big you're not going to tell me that I'm ugly or I'm pretty the only thing you're going to see is my niqab and that's yeah. the only thing you've got and it protects me from so much fitna it's unreal on a daily basis on a daily basis I remember one time I was in my car and I was picking up my niece from school and I must have hit the um, side mirror of someone else's car and bent their mirror back. It didn't break, it just bent back. And then this man came running out of the car, ready to come to my car. He knocked on the window. He saw that I wore a niqab. He was like, he couldn't even get his words out. And I was like, yes, you can't say nothing. You, yes, be confused. Who do you think you are? Think you are be confused. I was like, I'm sorry for your mirror. As you can see, there's a lot of people around, but he was ready to give give an argument. Mm. And when he saw what he was dealing with, he had to stop in his tracks. He had to come correct. He couldn't just shout. He didn't know what to do. Yeah. And I was like, Yes, Nikab. So it's protection. Alhamdulillah. It's protection. Alhamdulillah. Jazakallah for giving us your time. Um, yeah, no problem. It's been amazing. Um, you know, when I do these interviews, I never know what to expect, obviously, from sisters. I just know a little bit about you from, you know, Instagram or something like that. But it's just, that's literally not even the tip of the iceberg to, you know, what I've been able to benefit from you today, alhamdulillah. So I really oh, appreciate you with you sharing um, your story or a little bit of your story. And I'm looking forward to reading your book, inshallah. Inshallah. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Jazakallah Khair, sister. Okay, no worries. Any, 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 any last um, piece of advice you'd like to give or any, anything else that you'd like to add? The only thing I would like to end is, is worship Allah, everybody. Worship Allah. He's real. It is the truth. There is no benefit in any other path than the path of Islam. And worship Allah. That's the only advice I want to give to everybody listening. It's the only way. Jazakallah khair, sister. Thank you so much. Okay. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam.